When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I've only ever said I love you to two men my entire life. Stone Cold Steve Austin and a guy in a dark club who I mistook for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hey, fun fans, it's a special um, one-off edition of We Enjoy. I'm going to talk about the TV series Chucky, and this can uh, nicely place right at the end of our Chucky franchise um, recap, though it's not the end of Chucky by a long nope. shot because it has been renewed for a second season. We are the Mattitude Eric. I am Matt Fowler. Say hello, Eric Oldman. Hello, everybody. Sorry we're doing this. We promised this over the weekend. It's a couple of days after the weekend. Sorry. Whatever. I mean, were people <laughs> clamoring for the Chucky fart? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were threatening uh, me, Matt. Um, okay, Chucky. Um, first of all, I am still reeling from last night watching Venom. Let there be carnage. So I'm going to be all out of sorts <laughs> today because that was. I did wow. get some texts from Matt while he wow. was watching. <laughs> Double dumbass on that movie. I wasn't looking forward to it in the first place because I didn't enjoy the first movie. Well, but... The fact that you didn't see it in the theater kind of clued me into yeah, that. Yeah, I know. But also, I think we recently talked about on the podcast how, you know, if I don't get to a movie, then there's yeah, yeah. already another movie I got to see. But it was a hit movie. You could have gotten to it, but I, I just wasn't a priority. <laughs> it was. No, it was not a priority, a priority at all. God, that didn't even feel like a movie. Did we forget how to make movies? No, it, it does. It, it, it feels, it's not just that it's short because you and I have talked about, we we don't care for movies short or long as long as it's good. Uh, but it's so, it feels so truncated whether they film stuff and cut it or where they cut it from the script. There clearly was stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. It felt like after I saw, and again, I'm not a fan of this particular, you know, side franchise trilogy. Anyway, the Fantastic Beast ones, but like, it felt like the second Fantastic Beast movie where it's like, that didn't feel like, it had a beginning, middle, or end at all. No. It felt like a bunch of rambling and noise and mess. I was talking to Eric about how like kids' movies involve a lot of mess and uh, with very little cleanup. Though Eddie did clean up his apartment, it didn't seem like it was very mm-hmm. hard though. But like a lot of damage to personal property and goop and condiments and food being all over the place. You see that a lot in children's movies because kids. Uh, I think there's a we assume that kids love messes, and so we put those in movies, and you know parents get covered in cake and like they don't care they just laugh and that means they're the cool parent by the end of the movie sure when they can get messed up and like 
and you can break the all of their shit and they're just like that's just our children uh, but that that's what this movie was that's what all this movie was okay uh this let's not turn this into a venom cast because i'm already sour about a venom that. ranty cast uh chucky though full spoilers for all eight episodes of chucky eight episodes of chucky i have a few thoughts to start us off with mm-hmm. with this series and you're and I, our history with Chucky going back over 30 years now with mm-hmm. this character, with this franchise. And we've already talked about what sort of a miracle it is in horror or for any franchise for that matter. Yeah. To have the same creative directing force where obviously we're not talking about the Child's Play reboot from a few years back. But Don Mancini's, you know, lording behind all of this, even eventually directing the movies. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think that. At this point, I believe I, I think Chucky, pop culture wise, is bigger than ever, and that he is the fourth on the Mount Rushmore, right? Like I think <laughs> he is really supplanted. You know, I think a really strong argument would have been had to have been made, even just two or three years ago, that Chucky belongs with Freddie, Jason, and Michael, and, uh, and Michael Myers, mm. and now I think he really easily slides into that fourth slot. Uh, I agree. You know, so leather. So plant is Leatherface, right? Because I think he would be normally the fourth. I, I've uh, always, I've always felt like people need to really strongly argue for Leatherface, honestly, for me, because right. he's never been any of my uh, like my go-to killer at all. But yeah, he, and and Leatherface uh, is obviously has the history, you know, a, a classic original film that predates every other character we just mentioned. Um, but has never been a like successful. It, it's it's crazy to say never been a successful ongoing franchise when there's like eight movies. But I mean, like they've never been able to really, except for the I will say this: the New Line remake, the 2003 movie, which is the best one after the original, is With the only Jessica time. Beale, it, yeah, it, the only time it felt like it was really like back as a pop culture force. And I like the second one that Toby Hooper did. That's like the Gremlins two of the series where it makes it can't can't be in comic. But it wasn't like a huge hit. It was a cult movie. So, yeah, I do think at this point, like way more people are like, you know, yes, there's a new Chainsaw Massacre movie coming to Netflix, which they can say like 500 million people watched. You know, uh, I mean, it'll be the most watched thing in, in history, uh, according to Netflix's metrics. But I will say as a pop culture force, Chucky is easily past Leatherface long ago, but especially at this point. Yeah. Well, and, and I was making a few um, tweets. This was probably a month or so ago and people would. Someone tweeted at me the photo of Jason, Michael, Freddie, and Leatherface that they did for, I don't know, People Magazine, I think. Premiere, People or something. Yeah. And I noted, because I went back and looked at the actual article, that was done a week before Child's Play came out. Yep. So if we're talking mid-80s, sure, I get it, right? Because Leatherface had had two movies by that point, Mm -hmm. and uh, Chucky had none. (laughs) But yeah, right. uh, things were about to change. And, you know, obviously there are other people you could throw up there. There's, you know, iconic people like, you know, even more recently, Pennywise, who now has sort of two iconic looks from two different it properties, Uh, Ghostface, but Ghostface is uh, ever changing, rotating door of killers. Right. So it's not one character. Right. Uh, And ah, Regan from Exorcist or Hannibal Lecter, Candyman. I mean, Candyman, there's a strong case there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Candyman just sort of made a resurgence and right. uh, his sequels were not great. But yeah, I think Chucky is the, the go-to fourth. And I was very happy that this show was able to get to TV, you know, in the, in the past 
five or six years, basic cable has started swearing on television. So you can say shit and fuck and all that stuff on yeah. USA and sci-fi. And it's not, so it's not out of the ordinary. Did it start on like FX? I can't remember where it started. I feel like, yeah, it was probably FX was pushing it. I mean, even if you go back, you know, like the shield wasn't having F bombs, but you know, pushing content. And then a few years ago, I feel like, yeah, it was the Americans and some shows. I think they, they, they were first, they were doing the thing. Mad Men did this where they would say fuck, but they would drop the audio out, but it was there. And when they put it on Blu-ray, it would, you and Netflix, you could hear it. Um, and then it just started, yeah, sprinkling in more and more uh, to the point where like Mr. Robot and some other shows uh, and FX as well, were just letting it be there. They're not yeah. quite on butthole naked levels of HBO. Like no. they, they can swear you're not going to see probably as graphic a sex or nudity scenes as you'll see on premium right. cable. So there is still a divide, but man, yeah. In order, like just getting something like Chucky on there in a way that you would want to see it. Like, this is the way to do it. They could do it with all the fucks, with all the content. And this film, this series was a lot more disturbing and dark than even probably I expected it to be on TV. Like, this was, there was some fucked up shit on this. There was some <laughs> fucked up shit. And, and yeah, it, it completely got to be a Child's Play movie, in, including the fact that the Child's Play movies never have been nudity reliant. So it didn't feel like, yeah, oh, but they yeah. don't have the nudity. Yeah, Chucky uh, wasn't it, killing... You know, uh, people having sex in tents in the woods. So right, yeah. right. Uh, but it had it had all the gore, and it had. Checky was the one having the most sex in his movies. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, but so, Eric, like, just as a, a phenomenon, did you ever think that, like, Year of Our Lord, twenty twenty one, we'd be getting Chucky having the best reviews of it, of this character's <laughs> career? With a production on the level that we got from NBC Universal on these on, for this TV show, after some good but low budget movies, like you know the last two movies were done sort of shoestring, shoestring single location, Great to and, and having an after show with like right. the creators and cast talking about this week's episode, like <laughs> that's yeah, insane. That's insane. It, it, it is all insane, and it's. Um, a confluence of events that caused it. It is funny because we've talked about how we're in this funny era where we've gotten like revivals and continuations and TV shows based on things we never thought would come back. But Chucky is an outlier because it never really went away because as we said, it's like there were long breaks between sequels, but even in this past decade were two sequels, even if they were low budget straight to video sequels, they were there, they were part of the canon so it's just a funny thing that like, yeah, like even before the remake, the show was in development, uh, even if it hadn't been officially ordered yet. Uh, it is still insane, though, that, yeah, the show happened at all, um, that even though it wasn't a uh, streaming premiere show, although uh, we should mention they put it on Peacock the day after the finale. All, all the episodes were put up on Peacock. So now you can watch it on a streaming service. Uh, but yeah, they gave it this sort of simultaneous release on uh, two of their, uh, MB I'm saying they, NBC Universal, who owned Chucky. You know, they put it on two channels simultaneously. Uh, so even though cable is waning, they gave it sort of a bigger spotlight than they normally would for a show. And yeah, just seeing the reviews was sort of amazing, uh, given that it was, you know, easy to dismiss, not for us, but for other people series through the years. Uh, it's, it is wild. It's a wild time. I'm assuming also because uh, I don't, I don't, um, I, I, I um, blissfully dodge or am not available to the um, 
many facets of the outrage window on Twitter and online as far as like uh, horrible fans being upset about things that that really dumb things that they should already know about. And it just proves how um, ignorant and um, they are about certain properties. And that goes from like Captain America's political. What? I don't get it. And horror movies shouldn't be political. And all it means is like, you've never seen diversity. Yeah. You've never read movies. uh, Sorry. You've never read comics. You've never watched horror movies. You've never watched movies, you know, like to the point where people are like, Oh, look how woke Chucky is now with, uh, gay teenagers and Chucky being a uh, a queer ally and his like son's gender fluid. It's like, oh, you just haven't watched the the movie. Twenty something years of the movie, you haven't watched any of them, so you don't know. Like you, you just think Chucky's this one thing because, and then all of a sudden, anyway. So I'm assuming yeah. that happened, happened when when happened. when in fact, it is a culmination of decades of what Don Mancini's been doing with the series. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. So I assume those tweets are out there. They're out there. And so I saw that some comments on reviews out there and uh, the, the forced gay lead, the, the, the trap of the, like, don't force it in. It's, it's such a trap when they say like, uh, don't force in diversity. And it's like, what does that mean? It's like, there has to be a reason. There has to be a reason for your lead character to not be a straight white guy. And, and any reason you provide is then, forced diversity and wokeness so it's a trap like you know it's just like you can never win with people who will bring that up as a thing it's like because if their default is that stuck into something then yeah and then they're they're probably the same people who will be like if there's the one friend who's uh you know a poc or gay or something like that it's like oh they just put that in there as the one exactly exactly right like Like, yeah yeah, because they have to yeah they had to put that character in there uh, because there was no reason to. <laughs> Basically, all these people fall in line with fans. We don't want to be watching or seeing anything. And then we just want them sitting in a room, staring at a wall and not participating in pop culture society. Um, so thank you. You don't have to be a part of anything. All right. So, um, yeah, Chucky, uh, it, we did get a little bit of um, wrestling crossover once again with NXT. Everyone was uh, wondering if. Uh, Chucky would interact at all with Braun Breaker, Rick Steiner's son, after his WCW uh, <laughs> tirade against Rick Steiner and Mean Gene back in the day. He did provide a little bit of, uh, they did do a little video for uh, the NXT Halloween show, but nothing was really interactive, but it was still fun. Um, sadly, we are recording this the morning after Liv Morgan lost to Becky Lynch in her <laughs> First giant uh, yes. title opportunity, uh, though she did main event Raw, so it's not that ain't hey right. So, but I I tweeted something like, oh, it would have been fun if Live won. That would have been awesome. But why can't WWE fun? And then of course I know what I do when I tweet this that I'm gonna get people messaging me as if I haven't been watching wrestling for 76 goddamn years, where they're like, no, you see, it's a build up to the pay per view, and I'm like. I know how everything works. I don't Sorry. care. I'm watch. Uh, I watch wrestling sparingly. Here's right what now. I want. When I tune in, I want to happen what I want to happen. I don't care about the next pay per view, which I may or may not watch. Well, in the past, uh, I mean, I'm talking many years ago. Um, we would reg- fairly regularly get like WWE stars popping up on USA shows like Psych. 
um, has like a cross promotion thing. And so psych I, people hosting Raw. Yes. Uh, so I have I have publicly been pushing. Uh, well, Chucky did host NXT, so that part happened. But I've been pushing for Liv to be on Chucky. Uh, it's it's right there. It works as cross promotion, and no one would appreciate it because sometimes, obviously, you know, I don't know if every wrestler who was put on like Monk or Psych was like yes, uh, or just did it because they were asked to. Dream but Liv true. would legitimately be thrilled to be on Chucky. So she'd want to go on there. She'd want yes. to interact with Jennifer Tilly. She'd want to be killed. Yeah, she, she'd be she'd happy to be, be killed, killed. First of yeah. all, yeah, yeah. So uh, hopefully that will happen now that they have a season two. All right, uh, let's circle back to what we were talking about. How this was kind of demented. This show, like after like a few parents got killed, you're like, surely they can't kill more parents. <laughs> and like all the parents are dead except I all think but Lex's one mom yes. yeah. <laughs> and like can we talk about how the finale had Chucky stabbing like a dozen people in the asshole like <laughs> I don't think this was discussed enough uh, where he just goes around b-hole puncturing everyone in the which movie is theater. really a terrible way to die I it mean, is pretty bad they bled out from their asses yeah um, <laughs> so uh I mean, is that the closest we get to Chucky's going to fart? Maybe. But um, yeah, this this show, and I will, I'm going to tell you my bridge too far. I have a little bit of a line when it comes to horror. Obviously, I don't know that I'm, I'm not in a absolute, I probably will see Human Centipede one day, maybe. <laughs> I'm not in a rush. Sure. Uh, I haven't seen Tusk. I, I don't have anything against body horror per se, mm-hmm. but there's a certain element to it where like, okay, so what happens to um, uh, Fiona Durf at the end of this, of the end of this, where she gets fully yeah. amputated her arms and legs. Mm-hmm. I hated that. Like also just for the character who is, we watched for eight episodes. I don't, I'm not saying I hated that. Like I'm out of the series. I'm just like, I wasn't a huge fan. Like she was a victim for this entire season. Like she was, she's already being tortured by being possessed like that. And uh, we saw her brief glimpses coming out of Charles's like persona is like, help me. I'm, you know, and then to have this happen to her, it's like, after all we've seen her go through in curse and then cult and then this, and then that happens to her. It felt like there's no way you want somebody to be able to come back from something in a way that feels like it balances the scales. Yeah. Nothing can balance the scale here. Even if she kills Chucky and is ultimately triumphant in the end of everything. And like, that's it. Roll credits on the entire franchise. That does not balance the scale at all. That was too horrible. What happened to her? That's awful, Eric. Uh, you are a hundred percent not alone in this feeling. Uh, Trish who loves Chucky uh, was like I don't like that. Yeah, I don't uh, like that. that either. It uh, felt bad, and it, it is. It, it's. It was funny. I, I didn't know we were going to talk about it so early in this conversation. I knew we'd talk about it, of course. Uh, yeah, it, it. It didn't. So personally, it didn't bother me on that level. Um, but I think I have to um, uh, side with the majority, and I think it's the majority here who did feel it. It probably just didn't fit, and it's a weird line because. Yes, these these are horror, gory horror movies about characters who brutally murder and maim people in many, many ways. And what is the fine line that doesn't feel right is going to be different for everyone. But enough people I've seen felt this way about the Nika thing, because I didn't think like I don't think it's like 
out of character for Tiffany. In fact, I admired the fact that like they, he's clearly committed. He loves Tiffany at Don Mancini, but he also never, it doesn't want to let Tiffany off the hook. Is she better than Chucky in some ways? I guess if you're on a sliding scale, she is because she's tried to stop from killing a couple times, but she's still a vicious, brutal killer who has killed people for no reason and delighted in it. Um, and so it's not like I'm like, not Tiff, like Tiffany would never, but should the Chucky series have done this? Probably not. I would say, even though it didn't, I, I was a little more macabre, somewhat, you know, amused by it as far as like, that's fucked up. Oh my God. Because I share all the thoughts. I, I literally said out loud to Trish a couple times during the show, other episodes. I mean, poor Nika. Nika's going through hell. Exactly. So, like, so here's the thing. Suck. We're talking about protagonists in the Chucky series. We have three new ones, right? We've got Jake, yeah. Evan, and Lexi. And then we've got Andy still left over. Uh, but Andy's life, you could be, you could argue Andy's had a shitty life. Like he went through a whole lot as a kid. Uh, he apparently was able to go back to military school after after um, the third movie. Yeah. Uh, he can't get a date now. Okay, like it's hard. It's hard out there for an Andy. I get it. <laughs> but like no one's been through quite what Lexi's been through. So first of all, she had her own life crucibles before Chucky even crossed her path. Like she was she was basically uh, paralyzed by Chucky in the womb. Yeah. Like so he's been affecting her her whole life. And then like her entire family was killed in one night. And she was sent to a uh, a mental hospital. Like she Her was framed. Did not commit. Yeah. Like Andy wasn't framed for any of that. In the ultimately, ultimately, so I'm saying like briefly. <laughs> if you, I'm just saying like if there was someone to really root for here, the kids lost a, a bunch of shitty parents. Well, okay, maybe not Devin, but like you could argue like maybe they're better off. I don't know, but like it's. Lexi was the one you were kind of pulling for here. And then to have that happen to her, uh, I don't know. It just felt really def- like defeating. Um, it didn't feel. F- There's a macabre element to it, but also not a, f- it wasn't macabrely fun. Right. 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 Uh, it just felt too dark. Anyway, I don't want to be uh, the, the, uh, too much of a, a dampener here, but I will say this um, is that look, look, when I, I interviewed Mancini after the finale, and uh, he, he mentioned, I mean, he certainly, he hears fan feedback. He is he's very uh, interactive with his fans and whatnot. I'm sure he, because he's, and, and Twitter being Twitter, he's getting directly like hate tweeted about this, um, you know, from people who are like really pissed about it, like actively, like angry about it. I will say this, Nika is still alive. And this series being this series and how fucking batshit crazy it is at this point, like I can conceive, I'm like, Nika could have her soul transferred into the body of Fiona Dorif for all we know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, she could also be a doll. She could be, she, yeah, yes, she could there, be a bunch there, of things. Like, I, I don't think this will be the way she, her story ends, but I also agree, you know, ultimately I can see, like I, like I said, didn't hit me the same way, but seeing like you and Trish and many other people, I'm like, yeah, it just, it's a weird line. It's hard to figure it out, but yeah, it probably was just a little too far. Uh, even though we're endorsing so much other bloodshed and mayhem. I know, and, I know, and I know. I know. Also be, getting enough feedback about it. I don't need to continue to add to it. Uh, let's talk about Fiona though, because she didn't just get to play um, 
her dad in her own body or Nika trying to come through in Nika's body. But she got to play her dad in the flashback. So they had actually different um, people playing uh, Charles Lee Ray and Tiffany as younger people. Uh, obviously, so they went with Brad's daughter, Fiona, to do a fun you know, take on younger uh, Charles Lee Ray, who really is, because you can't even, you, you can argue it was before all before Child's Play, but then it leads us right up to the doorstep the day of. of Child's Play. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then I can't remember the actress who played uh, Blaze Crocker. I don't know who she mm-hmm, is, but mm-hmm. she played young Tiffany and not Jennifer Tilly, like playing younger. Um, in sort of the the uh, the the thrill kill couple flashbacks, and so right, that right, was right. a fun you know little uh, extra bit of uh, uh, meat to chew on for Fiona for this series as well who uh, I keep forgetting is in Tenant because she's in Tenant. Um, she is in Tenant. Uh, Fiona is great uh, and is just sort of a wild, fun actor to watch and um, bring so much energy. And what she's doing here, playing, you know, poor Nika, playing Nika possessed by Chucky, playing Nika pretending to be Chucky at some points, right. uh, playing Charles Lee Ray, um, is wild and super fun. And I love watching in those uh, behind the scenes videos that, you know, her real laugh is the crazy Chucky laugh, um, you know, which is great. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, you know, Jennifer Tilly, obviously playing Jennifer Tilly possessed by Tiffany, who was previously in human form played by Jennifer Tilly. I do wonder, uh, I don't think I'll ask this of our listeners because hopefully they will have listened to us go through the entire series and watched along with it. But like, what people who may not have been watched, who maybe only watched the first two movies years ago, or maybe only caught Bride or something, you know, just aren't uh, up on the franchise as much as we are, thought of when, you know, when episode, I don't know, six sort of rolled around. Uh, and I'd like, say five. five like when Tiffany. Andy and, and Kyle show up. and Well, it's Tiffany, Tiffany and Nika and five, Kyle and Andy and six. So we're, we're jumping around a lot here. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep this focus on a, because I, first I want to talk about the flashbacks and then I want to talk about the, the legacy characters because I have that question too. No, I just wonder like what they thought about, like if they were able to keep up or like figure out what was happening because uh, the, the plot of Chucky, like what we asked this right when we talked about the first two episodes on the podcast, like, He's back in Hackensack. What's he doing? Like, why is, what's his, his plan? And then we find out by the final two episodes what it is. And it's tied to the movies. So, yeah, I just wonder, I wonder what people okay. felt. So, okay, so let me pause on the flashback, but I want to get back to the flashbacks and say, yeah, this, uh, this was funny to me because I think it was 100% the right tactic. And I think we spoke about this when we talked about the show premiering, that it was going to begin focusing completely on new characters and on a character who knows nothing about Chucky and will learn about him because you have to assume people are going to watch this TV show who have not watched all these movies. So that was completely the right tactic. What was funny to me in the second half is that it wasn't nearly has like a slow build into it. And Chucky maybe being told about Tiffany and Nika. I mean, sorry, Jake being told about um, Tiffany and Nika by Chucky. Instead, we just get what was hysterical to me is episode five and six had previously on clips from the movie. Yeah, they just like showed they us had, clips from the past like three movies. And yeah, including <laughs> including Seed, which is from 2003. So we have like an 18-year-old movie included in the previously on. And I did think that was funny. And I was curious for new people how much that threw them 
And were they able to recalibrate or did it lose them? Not literally like they turned off the TV, but was it a little strange because now we're in this hotel room with two characters we've never seen in the context of this TV show, learning a lot, like trying to like a lot of catch up here. Um, and uh, it was funny. I thought it was going to be a little more like through Jake's eyes, all of the discovery of like the history. Uh, but instead it was that. Uh, now, it, it obviously does not affect you and I personally, as far as we know these characters and we're thrilled to see them again. But yeah, I, I'm curious to um, the level of people who, because uh, the, the, the best hope is that these people were like okay this is a lot but they're taking it and they're digging it and they're just with the characters and it makes them go back and watch the other movies great but were there people that were just like wait i'm watching jake's story who the hell are these people that were suddenly uh now following as well uh speaking of old movies and fan theories do you uh lend any credence to uh, the t- one teacher being human Glenda or <laughs> I, I lend a little credence to it because um, simply like she's in that final scene at the cemetery and it makes it just seem like, is there some significance there? She wasn't like a huge part of the show, but she was there, um, you know, enough that, and, and then to have her in the final scene when you don't need her in that final scene, like she's not important to have her, dramatically speaking with has these three kids or, you know, they're looking at their dead friend's grave. Uh, I think there's a poss- I think there's a strong possibility. Um, you know, uh, when I talked to Mancini, he, you know, without saying hundred percent, yes, he pretty much is like, look, you know, he, he pretty much confirmed Glenn and Glenda coming, which you could kind of figure they have to. Yeah. Um, and he, and with some other characters that he strongly implied were, were coming as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there's something, I, I don't think it's a ridiculous thing to ponder about the teacher. Okay. You wanted to talk more about flashback. Oh yeah. Just, just, oh, I wanted to know your thoughts and I'd share my thoughts about, uh, their, their use in the show. And did you like them? How much they work? I, I will say in totality, I think the ones in the first half were the more interesting, better ones plot wise, simply because those are the ones that filled in Charles Lee Ray's childhood Gave us a lot of specifics. I, I really loved the reveal of his first kill being his mom and how instead of it being like he watched his mom get killed by this killer and it turned on something in him, he already was that. that, that and was well, then it also like, because that's that would become his MO later as Chucky would be killing people and other people taking the fall for it. Yes. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. And then following him like in the orphanage, uh, I loved the Eddie Caputo reveal. So that is, was so Eddie Caputo is his flunky in the first movie, right? He's uh, uh who uh, he blows up his house. He has Andy bring him to this dilapidated uh, Chicago house. Um, and and again, it's really funny. The first movie, you know, you and I have talked about how Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The first movie is the only one Mancini didn't stay working on. He, 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 it was his original script, but like most Hollywood movies, he sold it and then other people rewrote it and he was not involved in the production of that movie Everything else after he would be. But the funny thing is, is that key decisions were made on that first movie without him that he then had to integrate. And he didn't have to, but he chose to. Like Voodoo. Yeah. Like Voodoo being the huge one. But Eddie Caputo, he's snarked about in the past. He's like, what? who is this? His, he's, Charles Lee Ray is a serial killer, but this is his quote unquote partner. What does that even mean? Who is this guy? And he's joked about him, but then he still brought him back here, which I thought was really fun. Um, also, by the way, I did joke with Mancini, uh, who who agreed with me that uh, Charles Lee Ray's final uh, day slash night on Earth before he becomes Chucky is a busy, busy night because it's like he has a fight with Tiffany. He leaves. Now we know she calls Mike, uh, Chris Randon, the cop in the original movie. But Chucky, now we know he's going to go and kidnap Nika's mom. Who he's yeah. So like they, they kind of left that part out uh, of this considering how much they, they really did address the past. Like, yeah, they left out the entire being in love with Nika's mom. Right. uh, Like from afar to the point where he then kidnapped her. Was it the day of, or he had, he already kidnapped her. That's that's a good question. I think he he went to visit her. her. I think he already had her. Okay. So yeah, he already had her, but he's going to stab her. Right. um, Kill her. uh, or uh, Cause Nika to uh, be um, uh, disabled. And I was like, somewhere, Eddie Caputo's in a car waiting to give him a ride. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Eddie was a very loyal friend, I will say, until he fled. The cops showed up, and then Eddie's out of there, and then Chucky was What really was Eddie going to do? What was Eddie supposed to do, honestly? <laughs> I'm run, just at, run at the cops, man. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the new characters. Uh, oh, first- no, so I wanted to ask you, uh, so the flashbacks... I got such a kick, obviously, out of Fiona Dorff playing um, Charles Lee Ray. I had no idea who that that was her until after the episode. Um, did The dubbing was weird. Uh, she said she was surprised by it, too. And the, basically the decision was made that because her speaking as Charles Lee Ray sounded like Nika, for obvious reasons, speaking like Chucky, it, it, that's why they decided to dub it. With, yeah, the uh, dubbing Brad was Dora. weird, but then I just came off of Venom, Let There Be Carnage with some truly <laughs> terrible dubbing at the beginning of that movie. Yes, and I'm like, yes. this is just the way the movies are now, I guess. Like, everything's uh, terrible. So I, I still I enjoyed the flashbacks in the latter half, but they weren't as necessary by the time they got to Chicago. I felt like I felt like uh, in the later half, they messed up the momentum of episodes sometimes. Yes, yes. Because, because we already now had... Because the legacy characters had returned. Yeah. So and now was there just was like, I just wanted to stay in the present more. Yeah. Because yeah. he created like a third thing. We had the new characters, legacy characters, and the flashbacks. So I feel like they maybe should have like finished the flashbacks before the finale. Yeah. Uh, I agree. But uh, new characters, before we get into sort of the three teens or four teens here, um, we could talk about the grown ups being like Devin Sauer playing uh, twin brothers. Both of them are terrible. Uh, Lexa Doig as Jake's mom, uh, sorry, Junior's mom, Jake's aunt. And then we've got, um, can we just talk about, first of all, the, I don't think we've ever talked about, there hasn't been really opportunity to talk about on the podcast, the uh, Alan Lind actress family dynasty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Natalie Einlind, Emily Allen Lind. Yeah. 
and then they in this everywhere. case, Olivia Allen Lind, and, and then and her their mom, mother. mom yeah. Barbara Allen Lind, playing her mo- actual mom on the show. The She's surviving actually Barbara Allen Woods is her Woods, professional. Right. Yes. Uh, so Nee Lind, Nee Allen Lind, uh, but you would know. God damn it! Like you would know. Let's see, uh, Natalie from Gotham. Am I going to get all these correct? The Goldbergs. She was Silver Saint and Cloud the gifted. Gotham. Lots of G she was, names. <laughs> she was a, a recurring girlfriend on the Goldbergs for a few seasons. She yeah. was on the Gifted. Yes, she is currently on Big Sky, which is an ABC series that has lasted a few seasons. Uh, she's going to be. I don't think she's still on that, but she's going to be in the new Pet Cemetery movie for Paramount Plus. I know. Uh, di- uh, di- was Big Sky David E. Kelly? Yes, correct. Maybe, um, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, Emily Allen Lind was in uh, Doctor Sleep. Mm-hmm. She's on Code Black, which I didn't watch. Uh, she was on. She's the oldest. No, it, no, no. Natalie. She's middle. Natalie, she's middle. Natalie is, um, and she's and she's currently on Gossip Girl. She's on several Gossip Girl. She was in uh, the Babysitter movies on Netflix. Um, That's right. What else? Jesus. Uh, any? I'm trying to think of anything I've seen her. I don't think I've really seen her. In For anything. me, uh, Doctor Sleep and. Um, the and Gossip Girl are the the two things I mostly know. Oh, the first Babysitter movie. I haven't seen the second one. Uh, I guess I saw her playing young Amanda on Revenge, but mm-hmm. yeah, it would be it would be Doctor Sleep for me. Um, and then uh, Olivia right now, who was on soap operas and she was on uh, she was in the short lived Netflix series that I kind of liked that didn't get a season two called Daybreak, which was based on a comic book, which was about. Uh, it was sort of a, a comical action take on the end of the world set in the valley uh, with Matthew Broderick. And uh, yeah, now she's Lexi on this. So this is a very powerful, this is like basically the equivalent in the wrestling world of the <laughs> Samoan wrestling dynasty or the Hart family dynasty, but for Hollywood. Um, and, and then, yeah, and then their mom, uh, who was a, a, a playmate and then an actress and uh you know has been acting for many years also done some um she was on um one tree hill uh yeah uh, and a bunch of other stuff and you now now acting alongside her daughter here uh i i and then uh so for devin sawa uh fun part because he gets to be killed uh twice yeah. and uh doesn't have to do the double duty uh more than one episode which can be a lot of work mm-hmm. but uh also just like with his horror legacy, as far as Final Destination, it, it was also in Idle Hands, but like the element here, there was Final del- there is Final Destination elements to Chucky because so many things- By the way, I have to apologize. My gardeners are here and I feel like the mic's going to pick it up, but sorry. <laughs> keep- That's all right. That's how podcasts work. But uh, just how things here are opposed to look like accidents. Mm-hmm. Like that, there, there's a little final destination elements to these kills, like the, the maid falling on the knives or um, Brie, like being, you know, pushed out the window and falling on the car and stuff. Well, that's like supposed that. to be, look like a suicide. Oh, yeah, I know. But like yeah. things that aren't Chucky's fault when there are his fault. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's fun that Devin sort of got to be a part of that again. Uh, <laughs> unless they're triplets, he's not coming back for season. <laughs> right, right. But he made it almost to the end. He did. Uh, he did. The, the three new teens. Um, well, there were four, but <laughs> junior. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm saying three new heroes. Yeah. One wild card who turned villain at the end, played by uh, Teo Brionis. I don't know. And certainly, Lexi junior. begins has the human antagonist. So that's the most interesting part to me in all of yeah. this is the redemption, sort of the 
kind of playing both sides of the bully coin here, which is like Jake pushed so far that he was actually going to become a murderer because he was so tormented by Lexi. And then Lexi being the awful, uh, you know, mean girl at school who then learns to become a better person through all this to the point where like, yeah, she's now hanging out with the people she used to despise. Like, well, she didn't hate Devin, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, To the point where junior is like, what's up with you? And there's your new friends, like, because they, um, I feel like there's horror movie equivalents of this, of like uh, elements of high school, like uh, cross sections intermingling because of a larger horror, horror threat uh, okay. old enemies becoming friends. I, I can't think of it right now, but that was very interesting. And I really liked uh, that element. And then um, who was Lexi's younger sister? What was her name? Uh, Lexi's younger sister creepy, creepy was girl. Caroline. And I'm, I don't, I don't have names written out for me, but who was Lexi's, uh, sorry, not Lexi, Nika's niece that basically got, stolen away by oh Ducky. yeah sarah does that sound right because that like was it... a dark element uh, that we learned at the beginning of cult which, was that which, like... uh, led to a very funny dark moment at the end of cult uh which is nah fuck that kid yeah <laughs> like <laughs> basically but right didn't we learn like that sarah by the end of this series, we probably learned that Sarah, in retrospect, was the kickoff for the 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 multiplication, the cult. Uh, uh, damn it! What is the niece? Sarah was her mom, but Nika's mom, and now so who he was obsessed with. So uh, who the hell was that girl? Who the, the hell, hell was, was that girl? <laughs> I'm looking it up. I'm trying to figure uh, out. Okay, uh, niece, niece, niece. Uh, Alice. Alice. Okay, there we go. Okay, Alice Pierce uh, may have been. Was she possessed by? Chucky, yeah, is that what yeah. happened? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay, that doesn't quite feed into my theory then. But uh, we, so we learned that like the catalyst for being able to spread into new dolls is getting someone, an innocent, to kill and become a murderer. So that's why that's why Chucky was doing what he was doing for the almost the entirety of the series was trying to corrupt right someone for whatever reason. He started with the bullied kid, and mm-hmm. it almost worked. Then he was just, he started going around and making his rounds like, don't you want to kill? And it, yeah. it did help that people had pretty shitty parents for the most part. <laughs> I, I like that a lot too, because if they didn't give an explanation, it still would have been a fun element of the show, obviously. Like him is like the, the, the devil on Jake's shoulder in those early episodes was just a fun element. Um, that they didn't, they could have just been like, Chucky's bored, and Chucky's just fucking around. But then, yes, because he's so specifically then moved from kid to kid, suggesting Lexi kills someone, suggesting Junior, which worked out for him, um, that I did like that there was an explanation. Now, the Chucky series is funny in that, as we mentioned, the voodoo element not introduced, not was not Damancini's idea. He's, you know, joked about it just like we have, but he's also decided as the series got crazier just to lean into it. So, you know, it, it's one of those things that I'm just, amu- I'm not mad about. I'm amused by that. It's just like the voodoo stuff. Like, you know, when it's like, what was Chucky's goal here? Why did he want someone to kill? And it turns out it's like, it has to do with voodoo, the voodoo shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> all over, all roads lead back to that. Yeah. He rolled with it and made it like a really funny and integral part of the series uh, yeah. in a way that he, you know, he, he learned, he really leans into and makes his own, the things that he probably resented at some point. Right. Um, 
Yeah, so that all really worked well. I liked, yeah, again, the the sort of the redemption of Lexi to the point where she's this hero character. And um, we love a good bully redemption, right? A good bad guy redemption, yeah. whether it's, uh, you know, Johnny on Cobra Kai or something like that. Um, especially because she was such, you know, the, the high school, uh, um, you know, dipwad that we hated in 80s movies that is now, we we now look back on with like, uh, a different uh, different lenses and be like oh well what was their backstory what was their journey we never really delved into what, what, why what they were doing home? what they were doing right yeah, like <laughs> what in their home caused this uh, i like that a lot too i did think you know the second half of the season has great stuff but it also inevitably felt jumbled because like as we mentioned there's like three things happening on top of each other um so i think that you know one moment kind of fell flat for me was when she very um she articulates to jake that like you know we're your family like why don't think we've earned that uh because we've earned that she is a friend and ally to him now where she was his fucking horrible nemesis at the start of the season uh and i really like by the middle of the season where they're kind of working together reluctantly but we are seeing more facets to her um i you know maybe i could have used a little more before it's like you're my family uh her saying that uh, but I still definitely uh, loved the redemption arc she got. It is funny too that uh, with this series, which is so specific to the franchise, you know, dealing with Chucky is dealing with a very specific slasher, uh, and then also a legacy of movies that have come before it. That you know, this movie, this TV series was just a continuation of. Oh, there's your gardeners. Oh, now I hear him. Okay, <laughs> is that uh, I think that it, it also playfully. Um, does musical homages to other horror movies. Well, there's a whole Cape Fear episode where they do Cape yeah. Fear music and they're, yep. they bring up the movie. Then there's Shining music in there. Like they use different scores from other horror things in a way that like you wouldn't consider, you wouldn't think that Chucky would become a weird cross-section hodgepodge of like the history of horror. Right, uh, right. But it kind of stands as the best IP to do that at this point because of how long it's been around and because it's been one thing, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah. And that goes kind of back to, uh, although I'm sure there were other little homages in the first three, but when you get to bride, which wasn't just called bride of Chucky directly has Tiffany watching bride of Frankenstein and then uses the, we belong deadline as like a, you know, a, a sort of important element of the movie. Um, that that would be something that they would do is really, uh, you know, uh, do the, and there's, there's homages I didn't even get. I've still never seen, um, is it magic? The movie, uh, magic, um, with, uh, the killer doll. I haven't or, seen that. No. Uh, so I guess, oh, and I only know this because of the behind the scenes thing when junior, yeah, it is magic with Anthony Hopkins. When junior kills his dad, kills Logan using Chucky as a blunt instrument, that is a direct homage to magic where a character takes a creepy doll and kills someone. Um, though the thing they added that I thought was really fun is the, the shots on Chucky of his perception of this happening and being like, ah, like uh, um, being uh, flung about uh, to kill someone in that manner. So there's probably a bunch of stuff we didn't even clock, even though there's stuff that we definitely did clock and appreciate uh, amputations, butthole stabbing. Well, the amputation is boxing Helena. We did, yeah. Mancini and I did talk about that. Oh, that was an homage to that. Oh, remember mm -hmm. how raked over the, I never even saw it, but that was, right. um, uh, was that Julian Sands in that movie? Yes. With Sherilyn Finn? Mm -hmm. Julian Sands, remember him? Remember Warlock? Warlock. 
How can I forget Warlock? I don't know. Oh, I feel like a lot of people have forgotten. Warlock. Well, I would never forget Warlock. Oh my God! Was there a Warlock homage in this Chucky series? Hopefully. Um. All right. Um. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's see. What are your what are your some of your wrapping around wrap up thoughts here? about? Uh, uh, so uh, best death. There was a lot of deaths. The first few episodes were like one death per episode um, just to make sure that we got a death per episode. But then things and which makes sense <laughs> because instead of compounding. Yeah. Like once once a bunch of people start dying, like, you know, yeah, it, it would be too much like alert. Well, no. you have to build to uh, the, the butthole apocalypse at the end. Yeah. Of the film. Like, <laughs> yes. yeah like I feel like also uh, it was very fun meta for a franchise that has been very notably meta in the past uh crypt keepery uh <laughs> bookend to the series to have chucky uh bedtime storying us with all of his uh, his death count because it is funny it is something that is very specific to the slasher genre of like counting kills at the end of friday the 13th movies comparing them to previous movies stuff like that right um yeah, obviously the the huge rise in deaths between Halloween and Halloween two almost We're, signaled that. Like, right. And but I was going to also say that recently the massive body count in two thousand eight eighteen Halloween and especially Halloween Kills, where I think Michael has suddenly overtaken Jason, which seemed like no one would overtake Jason because his movies were designed to be like the most deaths of all. Yeah, these. but like also like you're going to overtake Jason because Jason is not doing at, movies. He's yeah. at a stall. <laughs> he, he's he's uh, uh, almost indefinitely suspended here. Yeah, because. Uh, yeah, so you could just keep making Halloween movies and you're going to overtake Jason, even if there's one kill a movie. <laughs> well, that would be a little, that would take properties. a little longer. I'm just saying longer. like, but um, yeah, well, there was a point in the 80s where like people would come out of, of slash movies and be like, oh, only five people died in that movie. And you'd feel like you didn't get your money's worth. Like, right, right. <laughs> you went for the, the, the kill count. And so Chucky adding it up at the end of like, kind of what's, in the era of prestige television that we may or may not still be in as far as like, yeah, this, I killed 21 people or 21 people died in this, in this. And it was awesome where it's like, what if mad men did that? Or like <laughs> what if, at the end of a season, it's like, I'm not saying Don Draper was a Sopranos could have done it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like here's like, and then Tony's kill count. <laughs> person of interest i don't know something with a lot of, a lot of well that would be kneecap it. count yeah how um, many kneecaps were blown out um <laughs> well like that's the whole batman thing right where it's like oh he doesn't kill but he just seriously traumatizes and maims people stealing loaves of bread where it's like right, yeah, right. No, now and you'll never walk again we have know, to uh, pick up with them 10 years later and how fucked up their life has been it just like <laughs> everyone everyone um uh Reese disabled in the five seasons of person of interest. As far right. as like, like. Uh, <laughs> but I was going to say my favorite deaths um, would be um, uh, I, d- I definitely enjoyed the Logan electrocution and uh, Chucky puking up uh, the alcohol uh, to make that happen. Uh, and um, 
I'm sorry, that was Lucas's death. I like both twins' death because Logan is the the bludgeoning. Um, and then Bree's death was good. It was fucked up because we, we talked about how most of these parents were shitty. And it turns out Bree's not shitty. Like, you know, she has a secret. Is she cheating? She's they, not. They set her up to be like, oh, she's the adulterer. But yeah. Uh, but she was, uh, it turns out, a very sad character. So it's very fucked up. But of course, this is supposed to, as we learn, is a very specifically supposed to sort of trigger Junior, which it does. Uh, so that was a really fun death. And like, because it, the craziness of her smashing through the windshield in front of her son. Uh, well done, Chucky. Yeah, it couldn't have gone on the other car. Like, that's, right. where, that's where the cart went yeah like had to be right in front like that was and then, and then just for visceral even though everyone said maybe maybe partially her fault for uh stacking the dishwasher that way but the maid falling being pushed into all the knives uh puncturing up through first her, of all uh, you're supposed to put it tip down just for for safety but also oh yeah, yeah. so that the water doesn't drip down on like the wood, if it's a wooden handle or something like that, like you want it to drip down past the metal. Anyway, there's- She got what she deserves. Like she did, is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> he was a very bad housekeeper in that regard. Right. But good visceral death. So those are my favorite deaths. Uh, I agree. With, <laughs> with your favorite. I agree that those were your favorite deaths. <laughs> um, and then um, it, uh, it, it's interesting. They're going to hit this. This is always the tricky part um, when you have uh, long-running characters now. Now that, you know, so we have these four- Four legacy characters that are in play right now. And by the way, so I asked him directly where and what's the deal with Karen and Mike? Karen being Karen Barclay, Andy's mom, played by Catherine Hicks, and Mike the cop from the first movie, played by Chris Randon. They've been mentioned frequently, not frequently, but they mentioned numerous times. Um, and for what it's worth, both those actors do like the convention scene with child's play panels and stuff. And he all but confirmed they're coming. Like he, he did a coy, like, would yeah, you, you have like to save season? some stuff. You have to save some stuff. You have to save it for the, the second season, which is yeah. what they would have saved Screech for had Dustin Diamond lived. But yeah. Right, right. Uh, um, but but yeah, uh, there's, there's I am more. curious what they'll, at a certain point, you can't make all those characters uh, invincible. And it is funny because when the house blew up, I knew Andy wasn't dead because I knew Don Mancini wouldn't kill Andy like that. I'm not saying Andy can never die. I'm saying Andy needs a more meaningful death than Chucky not even being out there is a Chucky, a decapitated Chucky, but, but it has to be kind of one-on-one -on -one if Andy dies with Chucky. So I knew Andy was coming back, which he did. I did think, well, if you're going to kill any of the four legacy characters, it would be Kyle. We just don't know where the, she's the least, you know, important, the least established, but then there's the tease that she might be back. Cause there's that gloved hand. Uh, I'm going to tell you who I want back. I'm going to tell you who I want back. <laughs> De Silva. And because Perry Reeves has been, you know, acting for a long time, but she is also, she's been in uh, notable things and she's been in absolute shit. So I'm feeling like there is nobody in this franchise right now who's too good to come back for this. I just saw Perry Reeves in an absolute atrocious movie called Cosmic Sin. So Perry Reeves is definitely available to come back as uh, uh, Child's Play 3's uh, Kristen De Silva. Did you read my interview with Mancini? I did not read it. Uh, you bastard. No, um, we talked about De Silva and what my read on it, again, I think he, I feel if you read between the lines, he was all but saying Mike and Karen are coming. De Silva, he was essentially saying nothing is planned, but he had seen Perry Reeves be asked about the show and be like enthusiastically like, yeah, that'd be fun. And it seemed like something he's thinking about um, and that he thinks it'd be fun. So I don't, I feel like Mike and Karen are planned and De Silva he's got in the back of his mind. And I think, I think Matt, if this show makes it to season three, I think uh, you'll get your De Silva. <laughs> I also think it would be fun 
to have Justin Whalen come back as a different character. That's, and I think the same thing. And I bet that I bet that's something that has been thought about as well. Um, um, Justin Whalen, for those listening, played Andy in three. Okay. Um, oh, but so, so Kyle, um, I think she's going to be alive right now, but I do think they're going to hit that place where they can't keep all these characters alive forever. Right. But, but also for some weird reason, like she's the opposite of Nika, she's just arms. <laughs> and gloves she's and uh, she the detachable kid from yeah. oh yeah <laughs> that'd be really cool um i had one more thought but it's it is uh slipped out of my ears at this point but uh yeah the silver would be fun and um yeah i think that was it uh it was a, a fun series glad it got to do as much as it got to do on television and that it got a lot of attention and that it sort of reinvigorated um chucky as a horror entity Mm-hmm. In a, but also it was a blend. It was a very good blend of, you know, we watched with Bride. It really find that sweet spot yeah. and play around with the meta aspects and the fun, the tongue in cheek, and the absurdities of that character in a great way. Maybe went a little uh, too far in Seed as far mm-hmm. as uh, being schlocky satire. Then though, it went it really course corrected. Maybe too much, maybe just enough with the last two movies where it went back to very serious horror roots while still maintaining an element of absurdity because it's Chucky and he's multiplying dolls. Yeah. But this movie, this series really found that middle ground because it was dark, but then it also was able to keep a lot of the the um, the ridiculousness and the the meta aspects and like pay you know, uh, respect to all everything that came before it. Uh, yeah, uh, this I think it was. Opinion. I think it was in right in between where it should have been. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, you know, yeah, there, are, uh, there, you know, are uh, there's some moments in this. I don't think everything landed, but I think a hell of a lot of it did. Uh, it is amazing we have this show. As we've said, it's a complete freaking unicorn as far as its place in both horror and franchise history as far as the same continuity, the same creator. And uh, yeah, I think the show was super fun and cool how it was able to integrate all of that, continue it forward, have these new characters. Um, you know, like I said, when they brought in the legacy characters, maybe it was a little, um, a little bit messy to do the way they did it, but it's like, and maybe, and maybe, maybe in this case, I kind of wish they had 10 episodes, not eight, but I think it still was super fun. And as a longtime fan of the series, I love that we got those characters back. Uh, and I really, um, I was very happy to see the reception to it was so positive and I hope that there are, I mean, I'm pr- it's probably a small group of people, but I still think it's um, cool that there are going to be some people who watch this show and have never seen these movies and maybe they can go back and watch these movies now and realize, Oh shit. Like this movie, like child's play two introduces Kyle in 1990 and just like the way it's just build into everything and, and the everything counts nature of this series, which is incredibly unique. Um, where like you know sequels uh, especially with slasher movies there are so many dispo- not disposable sequels but even sequels that are just like this one stands on its own and nothing has no connections to everything else where this series has completely turned into this strange fast and furious type thing where everything counts everything's important and we can bring back anything at any point like the best um, mode one saying everything counts in large amounts and they were ch- it was about chucky yeah and uh it was about chucky uh, <laughs> and with that we will leave you uh with the uh our you know, our child's play Chucky update recap for now. Uh, it'll be back for a second season. 
and uh, with uh, more legacy characters coming in, more things to talk about, more uh, disturbing deaths, more, hopefully, more uh, knives up, up, up butts. <laughs> like, let's hope it possible. doesn't stop there. Like, why stop now? It's certainly possible. I'm curious. Uh, I, I know you're trying to wrap this up, but I'll just say one, one little thing I thought of just now is I'm curious how much, if any, of the next season is set in Hackensack, that final scene until they showed the gloved hand almost felt like, oh, maybe we're done with the kids for now. Not permanently. I know that's not how Man City works, but now I'm like, okay, the kids are definitely going to yeah. be part are of Are they it. legacy characters now? We start with new kids and, they come <laughs> right. and they're like, oh, you need to learn about Chucky. Jake's, Jake's like, I got to tell you some things. <laughs> I do like that, like Chucky, his whole thing was like he wanted to put Hackensack kind of on the map and sack, right? Like he's like, I want to be the (laughs) most famous thing about Hackensack. And to be honest, probably to this day, Hackensack, New Jersey, which is one of those like it's one of those throwaway names for comedy bits. It's like, where are they from? Oh, he's from Hackensack. It's kind of like Poughkeepsie or just like names in New England and New York and New Jersey that you kind of know about as towns. Um, But um, yeah, he just kind of wanted to be the most famous, notorious thing about Hackensack at the end. Like he had a plot to <laughs> multiply himself, but also he's like, I want to be what Hackensack is famous for. And to this point in real life, maybe he is like Hackensack is most so. famous. Well, should Hackensack embrace this the way that town where they filmed the first Friday the 13th sort of wound up eventually embracing um like the legacy of of that movie um they uh, I, I think did for he, a while but then they gave in yeah i think uh, uh mission accomplished because if i know all i can say is me which is if i am a a, a kid or a teenager in hackensack right now i'm like fuck yeah this is chucky's town <laughs> although i will say it's funny because a very big like uh person a star of the moment a person who's about to explode is rachel ziegler uh the star of west side story and i was looking at a wikipedia page after i saw the movie where was she born matt Hackensack, New Jersey. Well, so <laughs> everything's I, coming up Hackensack. I still think they should lean in on the Chucky thing and not the West Side Story. I so I mean Hackensack <laughs> is just a place I knew in my head growing up in New York, like because it was across the river. But like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if if anyone of our listeners out there has Shutter, I guess I can. Uh, you know, we recommend what was it the the weekly series that just kind of wrapped up its first season behind the monsters. Yes, which just goes like a thirty minute, forty minute dive into. Uh, Jason, Freddy, Candyman, Chucky. Uh, I think they wrapped up with Pinhead, which is the only one I haven't watched yet. Um, and it's it's a fun dive into the series where they kind of go through the franchise. And at the end of the Friday the 13th one, they talk about like the legal woes and why there hasn't been a new movie and stuff like that. Things you probably will have heard us talk about uh, on our podcast if we did the particular franchise. But what I didn't know, what I didn't know, Eric, was that Catherine Hicks married Kevin Yeager I didn't know they met on the set I mean obviously they would have met on the set of that movie but I didn't know they got married and they're still married they did I think that's great uh my my only quibble which that with that very fun show in general my only quibble is that I hate them as a couple and that relationship Uh, with uh, that very fun show in general and the Chucky episode specifically and you should watch all of it is that uh, they actually have a strange uh semi-mistake in that uh through the talking heads they insinuate that the child that the series moved to Universal with Bride, uh, 
when it was the second one because uh, they have someone mentioned that oh they they couldn't call him child's play because it moved to universal but i'm like no because it moved to universal with the second one well uh, in so. that case uh don't watch the series no watch it it's great it's, no it's, it's, it's really that, fun oh. it's really fun <laughs> there's fun stuff and you get to see the love story of Catherine hicks and kevin yeager and that i love that i do love that she was falling in love with the guy working the animatronic puppet you know, while he had story. that hair too yeah, like what with the mullet all right terrible 80s hair and Catherine hicks was smitten but uh yes uh, and hopefully we'll see her next year on chucky but i think we will all right uh until next time uh everything is possible but nothing is real except killer dolls and shockma uh-huh. shockma